Christina Castedio and I are new friends. I knew we were going to be friends and we would collaborate more the first time I ever spoke with her. You can go back to episode 39 to hear her personal story. Thanks, Allison, for connecting us. Christina and I have begun some discussions that can sometimes be awkward or uncomfortable for one or both of us. We're doing that for you. As a white woman in the South, I can only have that perspective from personal experience. Christina's perspective is from her personal experience as a black woman. And of course, each of you have your own personal experience. Because of that, we all have some questions or statements that may feel strange to say out loud. Am I going to be offensive? Am I going to sound ignorant? Am I perpetuating a stereotype? Should I only listen? Or am I even allowed to ask questions or even share my own thoughts? We want to help you break those barriers so you can ask each other the hard questions and say the hard things so that you and your friends can feel more at ease talking with each other. Our vision is for friends from different perspectives, whether that be different races, cultures, or beliefs, to listen to our conversations and be ushered into conversations of your own. True change and understanding will not come until it takes place at a personal level, the heart level. You will not fully know another until you know your own heart. And of course, know the heart of God. How do you feel about a black child being adopted into a white family? Mm. Or vice versa, which I know is is rare that happens. Um, Should that happen, first of all? And then the second part of that question is for parents, white parents with black children. What do they need to know? <laughs> I, I actually thought of this today. And I have a lot of friends, white friends, who have adopted black children. Um, I, I think it's a wonderful thing to do because every child needs a loving home. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's ideal for children to be with families that look like them just mm-hmm. because it's hard enough to be adopted, mm-hmm. period. Um, I have a sister who's adopted, so um, I kind of understand that experience. And it doesn't matter how loved and wonderful your family is and how, you know, you've never been treated any different, whatever. There's still some struggles that children who are adopted have. So it's that much harder when you don't match your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thankful that they have loving homes. The issue that I have with some um, is there are white families, I think, who don't consider what they are bringing into the issues that they are going to have to deal with bringing a child of color into their home. Um, And I think there are some, I don't know if it's most or even a lot, um, that I think they feel good about themselves. Like I love this child no matter what, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't see color. It's not an issue. Um, And that's great, but you've got to be realistic about what these kids have to deal with. And are you prepared to help them navigate through it when you don't have that same color of skin? Mm -hmm. Don't you better be intentional about finding a community that looks like them that can help you navigate through that. Um, Because I, I've known white families who've adopted black children and they 
bring them up as a white child. Mm-hmm. They know they're not white. How, <laughs> how does a child deal with that? That causes all kinds of problems and they're not treated just like the rest of the white family. I know one in particular that they refuse to talk about that stuff. Wow. I, they're doing their child a disservice. Mm-hmm. This is what they look like. You need to help them. And if you don't know how to help them, you find someone who can help them. Mm-hmm. I have some very close friends of ours um, and uh, we are their godparents, um, a white couple. They adopted um, their first child is white and their, their other three children are black, a girl and two boys. And I admire them so much because they knew exactly what they were getting into. They understood that those kids were not going to be treated <laughs> as, as um, they are. They understood that people are going to look at them and see the color of their skin and treat them differently. And even before I knew um, the mom, well, she came, from, she came to me at church and she said, we are getting ready to adopt the baby. And there's a big chance that the baby's going to be African-American. And if it's a girl, especially, will you help me hmm. navigate through that? I need help with her hair. I need help knowing how to take, you know, different things. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful, what a loving parent. Yeah. To do. She was preparing already before she had this child. And let me tell you, she can braid. She can do things <laughs> that I cannot begin to do for my children. I mean, it impresses me so much. I mean, she will watch YouTube videos and figure out how to do these styles that work with her kids' hair. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah. And that's, that's how it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And you've got to teach your children no matter who they are if they are biologically yours or not how to be to live in their own skin and to be proud of who they are Mm -hmm. you can't ignore it can't ignore who they are none we cannot do that with any of our kids but it's even more sensitive when you have children that don't look like you Mm -hmm. and so I'm okay with that I'm just not okay with those that think it doesn't matter and don't time to educate and I understand that can feel awkward or may it maybe it even feels threatening but they've got to do it if before they make that decision to adopt a child that looks like them they've got to they've got to educate themselves so along those lines you know you were talking about if you're going to raise a child with skin of a different color, whether it be an African-American child or an Indian child or an Asian child, and you're a white family, um, raising them, knowing their, their heritage and their culture. Mm -hmm. So along those lines, is it wrong to point out the difference in, and I'm using air quotes, black culture and white culture? Because I know a lot of people might have the opinion that if we're going to be equal, we have to be the same. Mm But then I also know like there are things in that are typically black culture Mm -hmm. that I wish were mine, (laughs) you know, were part of my culture. You know, there are things that are just typical, like styles are different. Um, Think music is different, like things, not that they can't cross cultures, 
because <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, I've been shocked by some of the changes there's been with kids and music. and That is true. Maybe music wasn't the best example. <laughs> but, you know, culturally things are different. Is it okay to say that and to acknowledge that? That's a tough one because I don't know... I don't know if it's something you should point out necessarily, but I mean, acknowledge it, you know, Mm -hmm. some things, I don't know. It's a tough one because it all depends on kind of where you grew up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did not grow up in a, with typical black culture. Mm -hmm. Now there are some things it's just, if you're black, that's just how it is, (laughs) you know, but um in fact i was talking to a friend about this yesterday maybe or the day before but some things are not necessarily culture but it's how there are stereotypes that we have mm-hmm. with different kinds of people but some of it is is part of culture some of it is valid so people assume that every black person can dance you know like you okay. said that is not true not every black person can dance it kind of depends on how you grew up and what was happening um or sing or play certain sports well but part of that is how we are made it's actually like the build of our bodies yeah um people from kenya they are built in a certain way that allows them to run really fast. It's not because of the color of their skin necessarily. It's just where their, their DNA, their genes or whatever, they are built a certain way. Now, if you have a white person built the same way, which I'm not really sure how that would happen, but it could, (laughs) (laughs) they probably could run fast too, you know? Um, And so those things are are, some of those things are valid, but we've just got to be careful that we don't say, well, that's how they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's those people do these things. That's a good point. I think it's, you can recognize certain cultural differences, um, but not necessarily point them out. Because, mm-hmm. you know, one of my best friends is white and she can dance like nobody's business. Like I was always embarrassed to dance around her. <laughs> <laughs> I have rhythm, but I can't dance like her. Yeah. You know, but um yeah, I think we just have to be really careful mm-hmm. what we categorize as, you know, certain as culture. Christina and I talked in an earlier episode about how it's fine to be different. It's okay that we have differences. And it's okay that we recognize those and appreciate those about each other. How boring would it be if every single one of us were the same? Variety displays God's creativity to all of us. The important thing is to not dwell on the differences. Appreciate them, learn about them, be intrigued by them. But let's find what we have in common more than what's different about us. I hope that you are learning and growing like I am, and that you're talking about these things with other people. We really want to hear what you have to say. We want to know what other questions you still have that you're afraid to ask out loud. We want to know what conversations you've had and what growth you've experienced yourself. So make sure you find both of us on social media. 
Christina Custodio and Known Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, you can find links to those places in the show notes. And we will be back with you tomorrow.